guys, it's Katie. On this week's episode number 27, we talk about the Easter massacre. And we hope everyone is having a great holiday. If you celebrate today, enjoy some time with the family and friends. And hopefully you have an Easter egg hunt if you are taking part in that. Have a great holiday. Hey guys, this is Alicia. And Katie. And this is episode 27. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be our Easter episode. Crime squared. And we have hit over a thousand listens, guys. Woo! That's such a big. I am pretty stoked about it. It's been a long journey so far. <laughs> yes. And it will continue. And there might even be some uh, in person recordings coming your way <gasps> this, this year. We can't tell you why yet, but you'll find out. Oh, I'm only a little antsy to tell everyone. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> I have an Easter episode for you. Yay. I kind of figured when you said it's kind of festive, I'm like, well, yeah. holiday is coming up. And then <laughs> Ariana's like, hey, I don't have school this week because on Friday and Monday because of Easter. I'm like, oh. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so this one takes place in Hamilton, Ohio, and it's called the Easter Sunday Massacre. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, hang on. (coughs) This is about James Urban, 87 today, and he was said to have a troubled life. His mom, whose name was Charity, told him routinely she wished he would have been a girl. She really wanted a daughter as her second born. So she had a son as her first born and she wanted a daughter as the second. Sorry, homegirl. That's not how it works. Right. You don't get to choose that. (laughs) So James' father died when he was 14 and his, or when he, he was 12 and his brother was 14. Um. Along with his mom, his brother often taunted him and teased him, telling him that he was a weakling. Oh. So at one point, it got so bad, he ran away and attempted suicide by hanging himself with a bedsheet. And he was unsuccessful, so he went home. (laughs) What? I mean, (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but like, well, that didn't work. I guess I better go home. It's like all I envisioned. Oh. So he was five foot five inches and 135 pounds. He was noted to be modest, bookish, and unremarkable. He was a tiny little dude. He was. Um, And up until this point, he had no police record. He graduated high school, but dropped out of college after two years. He then trained as a draftsman. Um, And at this point in time, he was unemployed and he lived at home with his mom. He was jealous of his older brother, who he went to college and graduated as an electrical engineer and got married and had eight kids. Yep, eight kids. I'm sorry, what? Yep. Jesus. Yeah, that's a lot of kids, huh? Um, when, When did... 
when was this? Like what years? Um, the year that this happened was 1975. Well, okay. So, I mean, having eight kids nowadays is not very normal or common, yeah, I should say. 1974. No. no. Okay. okay. Who can afford it? <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you can't, hit me up. Let me know what you're doing. Uh-huh. Send me that so. referral bonus link. <laughs> so his mom often threatened to kick him out because he owed both the mom and the brother money after the stock crash of 74 so leading up to easter um about a month before easter james was making inquiries about silencers for guns and at this point he was losing deep depression on, he was inquiring about making them no about getting one. Oh, okay i was like damn that's like a huge red flag for someone to all of a sudden be like how do i go about making a silencer no to buy one but he wasn't big into guns before this whole situation either uh oh so on march 29th the day before easter he was seen doing target practice on tin cans uh with a 357 magnum handgun i feel like shooting at stuff was very common back in the day yeah and it's it's not even that uncommon today like especially out in the midwest yeah that's for sure something you do but if he wasn't known for going out and shooting guns that's a little bit Mm -hmm. worrisome yeah definitely agreed so the night before Easter, he went to the bar called the 19th Hole Cocktail Lounge, which he did almost every night. While there, he talked to an employee named Wanda Bishop and expressed uh, his frustrations with his mother, who is demanding uh, an impending eviction. 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 <laughs> eviction. I can't say that word. Good job. <laughs> Words are hard today. Uh, He said his mom uh, would comment about him being able to afford going to the bar every night for beer, but not pay her rent. Which I can understand that. I mean, if you can go and afford four beers a night, that's what? Three bucks. But then again, how old is he? Um, I don't know at this time. I mean, he's old enough to have a job. He's 40-ish. So he was plenty old to have a job. Yes. And he was unemployed at this time. And live outside of his mama's house. Yep. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I understood. If his brother can have eight babies and become an electrical engineer, he could have gotten a job at Walmart. Yep. Oh, yeah. For sure. I don't know if they had Walmart back then. I mean, he still could have bagged groceries at the local grocery store yeah something even just making a couple bucks an hour i mean where is he getting mm-hmm. the money to buy booze though mm-hmm. maybe he was born in the bartender <laughs> <laughs> i mean that would, that would be free beer that's one way to do it <laughs> do what you gotta do man <laughs> but get a job for real <laughs> uh so rupert left around 11 p.m but then he returned later that evening and Wanda asked him if his problems were resolved, to which he responded, no, not yet. 
And he stayed Whoa. until the bar closed at 2.30. Jesus, 2.30? Yeah. So I can't she, even imagine staying up till 2.30. I fall asleep on the couch anytime I try and stay up past 10.30 now with Jesse. Dude, it's like 9 o'clock for me. I've been pushing that's and a, studying for That's about course. the time I start yawning. And then, like, last night, it was probably, like, 9.45, and Jesse goes, you can have another one? I was like, no, I'm getting pretty tired. I'm struggling to keep my eyes open. He goes, come on, have another one. I was like, all right, fine. And then I slammed it, and by, like, 10.15, I think the last time I was on my watch, it was, like, 10.14, maybe. And I was already <laughs> like, I'm awful. Uh, that's longer than I usually last. <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. But I'm also up at like six. So. Same. Whatever. That's why I have these massive bags under my eyes. Right. Not like. <laughs> <laughs> permanent. They've just become permanent at this point. It's part of my face. Like people are like, oh, dimples. I'm like, and my eyes. My bags and my eyes. Remember those. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Easter Sunday, March 30th, 1975, Rupert's brother, Leonard, and his wife, Alma, and eight children, ranging from four years old to 17 years old, came to their grandmother's, grandmother's house. Right? That's a big gap. Quite, yeah. Uh, and the mom's name was Charity, by the way. I needed to mention that because... People do not have names like that anymore unless you're a stripper. It's a little weird. I was just going to say, all I think about is a stripper name. <laughs> right. You might as well be named Diamond. Or Candy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rupert slept off drinking upstairs while the rest of the family had Easter egg hunts. And this was around 11 a.m. Um, during the day, about 4 p.m., Rupert woke up. Loaded the 357 Magnum, two 22 caliber handguns, and a rifle. You are not about to tell me what I think you're about to tell me. What do you think? Can I'm I about guess? To tell you? Yeah. Did he shoot his whole family and the nieces and nephews? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh. All right, continue okay. on. So he loaded all the handguns, four in total, uh, three in total, and then a rifle. And he headed downstairs. Mother Charity was in the kitchen preparing the meal, talking with Leonard and Alma, and the children were playing in the living room. <clears throat> Rupert rounded the corner and walked into the kitchen, shot Leonard, his brother, in the head, killing him. He then shot wife, his wife, Alma, in the head, killing her, and then his mother in the chest, and then the head when she tried to lunge at him. What? Poor mama. I mean, not really, because she was not nice to him, but damn. Did his sister-in-law make rude comments to him as well? Not that I could find. Just the brother and the mother. Yeah, that's... I'm sure that that's pretty... Um, downgrading? Is that the word? Degrading? De de yeah, that. Um, <laughs> to him, I mean... Especially because he, he sounds like he was a pretty dainty man. I mean, 5'5 five, five and 130 pounds, that's pretty tiny for a man. Yeah, he looks pretty small. From the I'm sure his self-esteem did not uh, do very good with that. Yeah, that's sad. <clears throat> so Robert then moved on to the living room, killing his nephew David, 11, niece Teresa, 
who was nine, who was 10. The floors at this point were soaked in blood. Then, one by one, he killed Anne, 12, Leonard, 11. Um, Leonard was 17, sorry. Uh, Michael, who was 16, Thomas, 15, and John, who was four. That's awful. Initially, he shot all of them once in the head, except his mother, Charity, who was also shot in the chest. Mm -hmm. But after the first round, he then went around and shot all of the victims to ensure that they were dead. Oh, my gosh. What the hell? The only signs of struggle uh, was an overturned trash bin. What'd you say? The only signs of struggle was an overturned trash bin. So how did the, I don't understand how he was able to shoot three grown adults. And you said the oldest son was 17 mm-hmm. and then 12, 11, 10. Like, how does he get through that when he, like no one fought him? Well, the massacre took less than five minutes. <gasps> what the hell? So literally no one tried to do anything. They didn't have time. Oh my gosh. It was pretty much, he shot the three adults and then rounded the corner and immediately started shooting everyone else. But considering he is this dainty, you'd think even his mom would have been able to overpower him or something, you know? Oh my gosh. Considering it was less than five minutes, it was literally probably pop, 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 pop. Like his aim must have been... Like, super on point to be able to do that, all of that, that fast. But then if you also consider it's Easter Sunday, all of the kids are playing in the living room. There's cooking going on. There's probably a TV or a radio going on somewhere. So the kids may have not heard it initially. Yeah, but once you start shooting at the kids, I mean, even the adults in the kitchen... Like, the moment one person is shot, you'd think there, it would instantly be a scramble. The way that it sounded was that he shot the brother and then the wife, like, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And then the mother lunged it in. And he shot her in the head and then in the chest. And the so kids like, didn't pop, start pop. running. I mean, kids are, like, constantly moving. Like, they're hardly ever just sitting still. Well, the three of them that were shot first, I think, came running when they heard it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So as they came running in, because they had to round a corner from the kitchen. From what I... Yeah, that's terrifying. So the three of them, that happened. And then by the time that that happened, he was already rounding into the living room. So by the time that the other kids figured out what was going on, yeah, he was already going. I mean, with that many people in your family, like literally your whole family dying... I don't mean this in a mean way, but would you even want to survive witnessing all of that? Could you no. imagine how traumatized you would be growing up? Like, Could that you would imagine be awful. the survivor's guilt? Yeah, that would be awful. Like, that alone would probably put someone into a deep depression. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't think I would be able to recover from something like that. No, that mental health with for that would be... I don't know if there's even a way to overcome that 
No, absolutely not. So Rupert spent another three hours in the home before calling the police. And when he called them, he said, there's been a shooting. No shit, Sherlock. He called the police himself? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So he then waited inside the front door for authorities to arrive. So the aftermath of the event, the town was shook. Um, The family was known to be nice, and James was never thought to be someone capable of this, let alone, you know, murdering his entire family. Mm -hmm. He was never known to be in trouble. He was bookish. Like, he was basically a nerd. So nobody would have thought he was going to take a whole bunch of guns, pistols, and shoot up his family. Yeah, that's awful. Even though he was known to be like that nerd type, I wonder if people knew how awful his mom and sister were to him. How bullied? Oh, it was his brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, his sorry, brother. yes. Yeah. Mom and brother. No, I couldn't imagine. And it's probably worse being bullied by your family than if it was just some ran- random townie or a classmate or... Something like that. Because you couldn't get away from it. You live with your mom and your brother. Which, at this point, living with his mom was definitely on him. Like, he had plenty of time to move away and, you know, do his own thing. For sure. But I think that's a lot. That's definitely easier said than done. And I think it's a lot easier nowadays than it was back then. It was probably a toxic environment, given Mm -hmm. what we know now. I mean, if I lived with a narcissist like that, I wouldn't be able to live normally yeah that's, that'd be I mean, hard the fact that he was in a deep depression says a lot mm-hmm. i didn't see anything that he seeked mental help and i'm not saying that's on him because he was definitely pushed towards it but there were other ways to get around this like get a job oh, yeah. move out yeah yeah Oh, that's so, such an unfortunate situation. Not, And I'm definitely not saying that being bullied like that made it okay, but I can see where he has resentment for his family because of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. So James was arrested that day and charged with 11 counts of aggro... aggro words are hard. <laughs> aggravated <laughs> homicide. Sorry, guys. I've been studying for a test for eight days and my brain is mush. <laughs> How did I do this in college? I have classes at a time. <laughs> I didn't have two kids. That's how. That's um, for damn sure. So James wouldn't answer any questions for the police and was overall uncooperative. Why can I say that word but not aggravated? And you only know one language. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't make this worse. You just made me look so dumb. (laughs) Hey, you know, sometimes it's okay for you to look dumb and not just me. (laughs) I I feel like I'm doing that all on my own, not being able to speak my only language. Half the time when we're done recording, I'm like, oh my God, I totally butchered that word. I wonder if we can edit that out. Jesse's like, just leave it in there. It gives more of a um, a to your personality. I'm like, that's what you want to put it towards? Whatever. (laughs) 
So he made it clear to the police uh, he wanted to plead insanity. The prosecutor... Of course he did. Right. The prosecutor, uh, John Holcomb, viewed the crime scene and said there was so much blood on the floor that it was dripping through the boards into the basement. Oh my god, that is awful. So just imagine that, like, awe scene. Yeah, I was going to say, how do you even try and, like, walk? I just, in my head, I just, like, envision, like, crime scenes from, like, movies where they put those little number tags everywhere. Like, you wouldn't even be able to place it because it just starts swimming around in the in the blood. You wouldn't be able to distinguish whose blood was whose. Mm-mm. Like, it was so much blood. That's awful. So, in total, Rupert fired 35 rounds. Which Holy means- shit. He shot more than twice then. At each exactly. Person. Right? So, I, I mean, I'm not good at quick math like that, but... <laughs> Do you hear that? Mm-mm. It's just me. That's weird. Okay. It's like a buzzing sound. Now it's gone. Oh, now it's back. I don't hear anything on my end. Okay, now it's gone. I don't know. That was really weird. <laughs> so, if he shot everybody twice... That would be 22. Mm -hmm. We'll say his mom was the extra one in the chest. 23. Where did those other 12 rounds go? Yeah. So Did he shoot any of the bodies more than twice? I don't... That's what I'm thinking. But I don't know. He... With that many extra rounds, he could have shot everybody a third time. Mm Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's insane. So I don't know where the extra go round went Mm -hmm. so the victims were buried at Arlington Memorial Gardens in Cincinnati Ohio and a year after so keep in mind the dripping floors when I tell you this just think about that a year after all the contents of the home were auctioned off the home was cleaned and it was open to the public the home was rented to a new family who didn't know about its troubled past. What the hell? Yes. Isn't there a law? Maybe it's just when you sell a house, but you like if somebody passes away in a home, like you legally have to tell them before you sell it. Only if they inquire about it. What? Are you sure? I feel like Jesse and I just watched a documentary on this not too long ago, and they said that maybe it depends on the state, but I'm pretty sure they said that if somebody passes away in a home or is even murdered, like legally the attorney or the realtor has to tell you like that's something that has to be disclosed. I don't know about passing away. You know what? Now that I think about it, yes, because when we bought this house, the, the gal that we bought it from lived here with her husband. And after he passed and I was like, well, hold up. And I asked Heather, a realtor, did he die in the house? And she said, no, if he did, I would have, I legally would have to disclose that to you. I do remember her telling me that. Really? Because I feel like I just saw a documentary. I haven't watched it, but it was called like the murder house or something. Mm-hmm. And the chick was watching it and she goes, oh, my God, that's my kitchen. Oh, my God, that's my bathroom. Like it was her house and she never knew anything hmm. about it. 
I wonder if that's like a law or something that went into effect like not too long ago. Maybe. That yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna look that up. Uh, do you have to? You know what? I'll just talk my realtor right now. They didn't know about the troubled past. Later, the family said that they would hear voices and unexplained noises. Oh, I'm sure. And they Those moved out. For sure, trapped in that house. Oh, for yeah. And they moved out not long after they started renting it. And there have been a few families since then that have lived there, and have heard same similar things. That's. I wonder if those are new families that moved into the area because I tell you what, if Dude, my if my cousins or their friends or my nieces and nephews or whoever came to town and was moving into town, I'd straight up be like, yo, don't go anywhere near the house. There was a whole family that was murdered in there. Right. There's and then that's it. Spooky, bad energy shit go happening. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. And I can't even really say it's bad. I mean, you I mean, we can't say unless you read that it was something bad. I mean, it could just be, you know, innocent children's spirits that are just trapped in the house and just playing around, you know? Yeah, but what about the the adults? Like, that mom and that brother obviously had some more shit going on. If they were bullying yeah, their brother. True. Yeah, that's true. And they got shot by their brother. They're probably like, I got some unfinished business. I still want to bully you some more, especially since you shot me. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess I was just thinking more about the kids. <laughs> I was thinking about the vegetable adults. We have unfinished business in our afterlife. <laughs> right. Like Casper or some shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, so the proceedings. The first trial had three judges and it ended in a mistrial because it happened in the town. The second trial was held 125 miles north and also in another mistrial. Finally, the third trial on July 23rd in 1982, three judges again were convened on a panel and they convicted him of two counts of first-degree murder and nine counts by reason of insanity for murder. That's redonkulous. Right. So all I of think... that. The fact that the first two were mistrials is ridiculous as well. Like he straight up planned it, like cold, cold heartedly murdered his entire family. You think he planned it? Yeah. I mean, he said, you said that he told someone that he hasn't finished it yet. And then he's all of a sudden had this spiked interest in shooting things. True. I mean, that's I think, two great reasons right away. I think he planned it, like, within a short period of time. I don't he think... He still planned it? He did, yeah. It was premeditated, for sure. But I don't think it was one of those situations where he's like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I think he woke up like two days before it was like okay i'm going to do this thanks you want to say hi to kitty <laughs> hello <laughs> hi <laughs> hey while you're in here do you remember me asking heather when we bought this house if 
that gal's husband had passed away in the house. Do you remember that conversation? I don't know if it was you or your dad that was standing yeah. there. And Heather said no and that she legally had to tell us or no? Do you remember that whole conversation? Um, I talked, oh, I accidentally sent it to the group chat with you, me, and Heather. I did text Heather and I asked, you as a realtor, do you have to legally disclose if someone has died or been murdered in a house when you're selling it? And she said, yes, we do. She, oh. I think she should not know the question or the answer to that. Mm -hmm. But she said, legally, I think they are supposed to tell you that. Yeah. If it has happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I asked her if that was a new law. Like a recent law or whatever. Okay. I can't because honestly, I can't say only because I wasn't in love with this house when we first bought it. I mean, I'm still not super in love with it, but um, it's not your. If it would have been, no. I mean, if we do the renovations and the additions we want to, it can be, but I. It's gonna be expensive. As is not right but, now. Yeah, um, but if it would have been a house that met absolutely everything on our list, and. It was somebody that just like passed away in their sleep or something like that. I can't say that that would like sway my decision to not move in, you know. Whereas if it was somebody that we know had had problems, just because we we know almost everyone in town, you know, because Hastings is pretty small. Right. Um, but I mean, if it would have been somebody that was murdered or something, or even committed suicide, absolutely no way. We should do one on Hastings murders. Yes, we I should. Hey, can been. we, we should have my father-in-law, I'll talk to him about, we'll talk about this afterwards, but we should have my father-in-law <laughs> sit in on that because he would have some really good stories and have some good houses that we can talk about. Ooh, that would be good. He, one time when we were still living there, I mentioned something, something about like something that was in the news that was, he was, he had grown up in Hastings. And then all of a sudden, John and I just talked about it for like two hours. Like we just sat there and went back and forth. And it was probably one of my favorite conversations I've ever had with him. It, it, since he used to be a cop, he has yeah. lots of great stories. <laughs> that would be fun to know. I know. I'm excited now. <laughs> that would good, be good for Patreon. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> he was convicted of the two counts of first degree murder. And then nine by reason of insanity. So my thought on that is the two are for the mother and the brother. And then the nine are the other ones that just happened to be there that he felt like he had to take care of too. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's what I think it is because they, I mean, I think if he could have just done the mother and the brother, he probably mm -hmm. would have. But given that everybody was there, he was probably like, oh, fuck it. I'll just do it. Yeah. Which I wonder. <clears throat> God. In some of those older houses, the. I don't want to say the insulation, but there's not much to protect like sound in each room. So I wonder if maybe he was upstairs sleeping and he could hear them already starting to give him shit. And he was just like, I can't fucking do it anymore. And then. Oh, that was just like the last straw. Yeah. Not, again, I'm not saying that that makes it okay by any means, but could you imagine just, I mean, just I envision like, I'm going to shoot somebody. I'm going to kill them yeah. today. Yeah. And I'm sure that having everybody there for Easter, for holidays, when he knows that the whole family is going to get together, I'm sure at that point, after he's already put up with it with his mom and 
<clears throat> and his brother for so long. I'm sure that he was just like, I, I really can't take it anymore. And it, I know how these family holidays go and everyone's just going to start chiming in. And it's just going to be like every other holiday and I hate being around my family type of thing. Well, I think, I don't know if it's holidays or just Christmas in general, but there's an elevated, um, what's the word? There's a higher amount of um, suicides that happen. Mm -hmm. because of yeah. the get-togethers or lack of get-togethers or being a part of a get-together. Like yeah. That. So I don't know if that's just Christmas or holidays in general. I would assume it's holidays in general. I mean, growing up with my anxiety and how depressed I was, I, anytime my whole family was actually together, I just remember like it was either somebody was going to say something rude towards end, like my mom or my sisters or myself and I was just going to snap not obviously not to kill anyone but just to like Lock vocalize out. every feeling that I had in, for them or I was just going to shut down even more like you right. like even myself I never knew which one was going to happen it just depended on the comment and who it was from so I can't imagine being you know having that many mental problems with how he was treated growing up by just those two individuals right and it didn't sound like you had, like, other family or friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, he went to the bartender to talk to her. Yeah. Versus, say, a best friend, like, dude, I'm going to lose it. I need a place to go. Or what do I do? Who, who was it that asked him if he had accomplished his goal yet or however that was? I don't remember how you phrased that. The bartender. That. that was the bartender? Yeah. So I wonder how the bartender felt after she – I'm assuming it's a female – um, after yeah, she found out what Wanda, I wonder how she felt after she found out what he had actually done. And I wonder if she knew what his full intention was like. She was probably like dumbfounded and like, oh my God, I just talked to him last night. But I if she no asked him, how bad it was. but if she asked him, did you follow through with it? She must've known something was going on. Well, she asked him, um, did you resolve your problem? And he said, no, not yet. Like, hmm. hey, did you work it out with your mom? It's probably how she was thinking about it. Not, yo, did you go murder your entire family? I mean, that's where I would like to also think, but really who words that like that? Like if I knew somebody was having issues with their family, I'd be like, hey, did you patch things up? Or hey, did you figure things out? Not, did you resolve your problem? Right. Like, I think just that those words are sketchy. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if she was questioned at all. Oh, I'm sure she had to have been. And I'm, I'm sure that she probably had something to do with him being able to get these snipers and being able to go out and shoot these tin cans or whatever. Not snipers. Three oh. handguns and a rifle. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. The three handguns. Yeah. So I'm sure she probably had something to do with her being able, with him being able to get possession of these as well uh she probably knew about it i don't know if she helped him get it but knew about it if he was in there seven nights a week for beers a night i'm sure at some point he let something slip oh yeah oh yeah i mean everybody says that a bartender is like a free therapist yep so just like a hairstylist oh yeah they tell you everything but So the reason, oh wait, 
So the death penalty could not be used because it had been suspended from 1972 to 1976. Damn. And this happened in 1975. And that was per the Supreme Court in the Furman versus Georgia case. So he is currently serving out his sentence. At Franklin Medical Center in Columbus, Ohio. And then so he's not even in jail. He's in a mental facility? Yes. He got two life sentences to be served mm. consecutively at the mental institution. M- medical center. Yeah. So, so basically he's just living. He's in a cyborg, essentially. I still don't feel like that's punishment, though. I feel like that's just him having treatment for his mental health. Yes, but he's also made to not kill anybody else. So he's off the streets in that regard. But he could still kill people in that institution. Uh, I mean, it'd be a little yes more and no. difficult, but he could. <clears throat> yeah, but I feel like because it was by reasons of insanity, he's getting the help that he somewhat needs as far as therapy and stuff goes. But I feel like you could also do that in prison. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's being punished at all. I think he's just getting treatment for his mental health. And that's super unfortunate because I I mean, he straight up killed 11 people. There should be, and I don't know if this is a thing or could be a thing, Sorry, I gotta take my glasses off. They're like pounding into the side of my head. If they could go through, so you know how alcoholics have like a twelve-step pl- a program. Mm-hmm. How, like, could they do some kind of rehabilitation plan for people with depression to get them to a place where they are? What's the word? Like normal members of society who can deal with their grief and emotions and depression and be put into prison and then just maintain their mental health i don't i mean i would i see where you're going and that would be awesome but unfortunately uh i don't think prisons work that way i think once you go into prison there's no special treatment um, because you're going to be living with a bunch of other convicts and they give two rat's asses about how they treat you. True. I mean, even if there was, you know, a separate, also a psych ward in the prison, I, I mean, you're still living with a bunch of other people that have mental health problems. And I mean, you just can't guarantee that they can live that same type of lifestyle that they were living in the institution, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is why it sucks because I. I do think he had some mental health problems for sure, but that does not excuse what he did. So the fact that he wants, like, you don't get to choose, oh, yes, I killed them all, but it's because I'm insane. Like, no. Like, that's not, like, you. he didn't have any diagnosis done before that. So you can't just self-diagnose yourself after. Right. He didn't even attempt to go get help. Yeah, that makes no sense. So the fact that he didn't just get charged for capital murder for all 11 people is, like, beyond me. Insane, right. Yeah. 
I feel that's like, what's insane. I, <laughs> I feel like if you didn't get a diagnosis before the event happening or even seek help, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be able to get off, you know, essentially scot free. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm sorry if this triggers anybody, he wasn't paying rent before. Now he has a place to live rent free on a taxpayer's dollar. Mm-hmm. He is hopefully getting the help that he needs so that for part free. is good but for free again on a taxpayer's dollar mm-hmm. and his quote-unquote problems are now taken care of nobody yeah. is bullying him nobody is making him feel less than he honestly is probably living a better life now than he did before the incident Mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying i don't think he's being punished at all so it's just it doesn't make which really sense. sucks because regardless of where you're at if you ha- are having mental health problems i think you should be able to get help for it but if you did some that messed up i think you should also have to pay for it i don't know how like government medicare medicaid works towards health mental health mm-hmm or how it was back in 1975, mm-hmm. 45 years ago, whatever, 50 years ago, almost. I can't do math. Um, <laughs> but I feel like somebody somewhere should have said something to someone. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. The whole, say I something, agree. say something. Like, if you see somebody that's all of a sudden shooting at tin cans and inquiring about silencers. Mm-hmm. Well, and even like when he was growing up, I don't how, I don't know if you said how old his brother was, like what their age difference was. Two years. Brother was two years older. So you'd think that while he was growing up in school that his mom and his brother were also giving him a hard time and that teachers would have noticed that, that other students would have heard it. I mean, and I, I'm sure that some picking on here and there is normal with families, but like at it some point, I'm sure. Degree. Yeah, like I feel like this built up over time. I don't think it just all of a sudden one year they started giving him a really hard time, you know? Right. It was probably just small building blocks to the big kaboom. Yeah. I mean, I know teachers were super strict back then. I think nowadays, especially, I don't want to say post-pandemic, but kind of post-pandemic. Um, like teachers got to deal with a lot of shit. And I'm like, I know even here when we have when drug busts happen and it's somebody that grew up in our hometown, teachers are like, man, we always knew something was up with that kid, but we didn't know what, like, did you say anything? Did you talk to the parents? And like, you know, that people have that, that guilt, like that they should have said something, but they didn't know what it was type of thing. So I can't imagine how it was back then, even with teachers being that strict. Like, I just can't believe that no one noticed or didn't notice anything. Right. That's That's super sad. Like, when I went to high school, people that I knew that were, you know, labeled as weird. Mm-hmm. But it was just because they were into, like, Dungeons and Dragons or, like, anime or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't give oh, you a right yeah. to bully them. You still need to be nice. Like, and they're I still went- normal humans, just different interests. Right. And I know you went to a super small school and I went to a small school. I had like 90 something people in my graduating class. Jesus. I had like 18. (laughs) Way smaller than I did. Yeah. But I knew everybody in my class. 
Like I may not have hung out with them, Mm -hmm. but if I was in a group with them, like be nice. I conversate, you know, I might not have been friends with the quote unquote weird kids, but I was probably friends with their friends. And you were at least nice to them. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably what drives me the most bonkers now, even granted Ariana's 11. So she is into some things that Jesse and I are not. Like she loves K-pop groups and <laughs> my state sister loves them. And that's completely okay. But she has a bunch of like anime stickers and um, like she has some of like her, I think her favorite group is BTS. She has her stickers all over one water bottle. And we were at one of her volleyball tournaments a couple weeks ago. And one of the kids were like, why do you have cartoons on your water bottle? And she turned around, she goes, because I like anime. Is that a problem? And she got like real sassy <laughs> with them. And I, was, I just like sat back. I was like, go for it, girl. Like, you can stick up for yourself. But she was like, I'm so tired of people telling me that I'm weird because I like anime. Like, there's nothing wrong with me liking other things. Like, I don't have to be black and white like everyone else. I'm like, that's yeah, exactly right. right. Like, I mean, maybe you shouldn't be that sassy with absolutely everyone because you never know. Maybe they don't know that this is out there. Like, you wouldn't have known about it if my sister wouldn't have told you about it, you know? Right. So it's just like a different mindset. But like, I was super proud to see that she was like, like, so what? Like, what does it make a difference to you? You don't have to like it type of thing. She just got real protective about it. And I was just like, oh, okay. It's good that she can hold her own, though. Like, huh, She picks and chooses. I mean, she's a preteen, so let's be real. But right. that one moment and the fact that I got to just, like, be right there and watch it, I was just like, damn, that's my baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make me sad for, like, other students that I know get picked on all the time because of right. them liking things that aren't your typical normal things and and not every kid has you know supportive parents to give them the ability Mm -hmm. and the knowledge to stick up for themselves or the self-awareness to be okay with what they like yes like it is 100 percent a-okay to be different like you do not have to agree with everyone either like it's healthy to have debates and it's very normal like i feel like i debate with people all the time (laughs) because i'm always right like in the midwest too there's a lot more, if you go against the grain, there are a lot more pushback culture mm-hmm. about that kind of thing with farmers and, you know, stuff like that. They're like, oh, you like anime. That's real weird. Or, yeah. you know, just different. You have purple hair or, you know, whatever it may be. It's, yeah. it depends on where you're at. If you're in California, nobody probably gives a shit because everybody's weird. But, yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. I mean, even when we moved out to South Carolina, Ariana instantly was able to tell the difference between kids being open-minded and just ask questions, but just because they were legit curious because they had never been around it or they just want to know. But it was <clears> there's a girl. There's a girl that I don't know if she went to her school or she just happened to be at a school event last year, but she had some funky hair colors like. She had like maroon and like magenta and it was like an ombre type of thing. It was really pretty, but she was really young to have her hair colored. So I, that's, I was concerned about that just as a mom, like right. don't damage your kid's hair. But like there were kids that were like, oh, why is, why is her hair like that? Like, that's so weird. And my baby sister has her hair different colors all the time. Right. That's just what she's done for years. And when Ariana's friends see her, they're like, oh, that's so cool. And Ariana's like, okay, but last year... When we saw that one person, that one time, you were like, why does she have her hair like that? Like, what's the difference between it being my aunt and just some stranger that you don't know? Right. 
There's not a difference. Yeah. And so I'm like, like when she says things like that, I'm like, I am so happy that you are so aware that you're not so much like her friends, but just like kids and around her, you know, that she's growing up with Yeah. that they are like that because I like that. Why, why would you make a big deal about it being somebody your age versus an adult? Yeah. There's no reason for it. Like if you're going to judge somebody, judge everybody. Yeah. Not yeah, exactly. Choose. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of got off on a little tangent there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in 1995, uh, he was 61 years old, and he was granted a hearing, and the release was denied. In 2015, he had another hearing, and again, was denied for parole. So was he trying to appeal his sentencing? Oh, okay. Yeah. Parole, yeah. Um, and then in 2025, he will be able to do another hearing uh, in February of 2025. At which point he will be 90 years old if he makes it. To Why them. would you even want to leave by that at that point? Right. What are you going to do? Like, you have no money. You have no family. You're just. Literally no one. No. And that's what they say about people who have been in jail for so long. They typically just end up reoffending very quickly because they have no mm-hmm. idea how to rehabilitate, blah, 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 rehabilitate themselves back into society. To be a normal civilian. Yeah. I mean, half the time when you... I don't want to say depending on how long you've been there. Because when I worked for parole, we had people that had only been in the facility, in a prison for maybe a year or two. And then when they get discharged, they go to a halfway house. But then they put you on this treatment plan or on this like path to success where your first step is to get a job. like, your, And then your next step is to save up to be able to get a bank account. And we'll help you set it up and then you get an apartment and we'll help you get furniture. Like, but then what? Like they set them on this like six week thing. And then in their heads, oh my gosh, in six weeks, I have to be completely on my own, like in charge right, of my own medication. Like that's terrifying. Like I do not blame them at all. Like this is not enough time. No. I mean, especially when you've been in a, in a jail facility for so long and you literally know nothing else. And when you get discharged and you're on parole and they help you find whatever you're needing by that by the time you're set up in your own apartment and have a job everyone knows you're a convicted felon so then people Mm -hmm. are going to start giving you looks again and then you're going to be paranoid and again on your own and then you have to start paying for everything on your own like i don't blame them like dude just stay in jail (laughs) you're 90 just die in there well when you get out of prison you have Let's say you went into prison and you had $2,000 in your bank account. Mm -hmm. You're in there for two years. But the way that inflation goes now, you could have probably gotten an apartment for, we'll say in Hastings, $800 a month. So $800 Mm -hmm. a month plus your first and last. So there's another $1,600. That's more than you already have in your bank account right now. There's no way in six weeks. So then you're going to be homeless added on top of that in six weeks because there's no apartments available. You're going to get kicked out of your halfway house. You probably don't have family that will take you in given the current Mm -hmm. situation. You are literally put out on the streets to fail. Oh, yeah. So I have no problem with people going into prison 
and doing their time for what they did. I mean, why is he even trying to appeal it? I think that's just like every, what's it, 20 years? Yeah, every 20 years, he's just up for parole again. Oh, like okay. So it's not like he's goes. really trying to, okay. No. I thought he was trying to like reverse their conviction. I was like, why? <laughs> no, I think he's just up for like good behavior, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Coming back up. And they're just is, is he down. behaving himself in there? Or is he as having a lot of issues? Damn. Well, but maybe I mean, the institution is doing some good for him. Yeah, I mean, he's getting help, hopefully. He's got everything paid for. I mean, what what is there to cause trouble about? Yeah. Unless he starts getting bullied in there or is getting bullied in there. Yeah. There's no other issues I could potentially see. Yeah. But That's so just, unfortunate. Is that house still up for rent then still? Yeah, it's still around today. That's crazy because I know there's been a couple articles that you've covered and that I think I covered one where they demolished the house. Which is like one murder. So how is this still standing with 11? (laughs) Like, what? Especially when blood was seeping through the the floors. Into the basement, right. What? Why would you keep that? And the people that went in to clean it. Oh, dear God, yes. There's a show I want to watch. I think it, what's it called? Sunshine Cleaners, I think. They, their whole business is go in and clean up after murders. Eek. It's not, it's a drama. Is it like a mafia based? Is it what? Is it like a mafia cleaning crew? No. Oh. Like, I've only seen trailers for it, but a lot of it happens in like hotels or motels. Eek. And it's, it's a drama. It's not like a real life thing. I definitely cannot say that that's a, a dream job of mine. Mm-mm. <laughs> Cleaning in general is not a dream job of mine. I can barely keep up my own damn house. Like, <laughs> these freaking hooligans everywhere. Just make it a mess. Just pick them all out. Seconds. Let them fend for themselves. <laughs> right. That would last all of 30 seconds. Hey, that'd be a great 30 seconds. Right. Be like my house is clean. Oh wait, you need back in. Never mind. Just be like, hey guys, let's go out to the car, and then let them all go out first, and then just nonchalantly close the door behind them. Be like, that was great. I'm gonna do this all the time. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> uh, so to recap, uh, James Urban Rupert is 87 today, and the Easter Sunday massacre happened in Hamilton, Ohio where he killed 11 family members. He was guilty of two counts of aggravated murder, not guilty, nine counts of aggravated murder by reason of insanity. The verdict was two life sentences to be served consecutively at Franklin Medical Center in Columbus, Ohio. The weapons used in the murders were a 357 Magnum handgun, two 22 caliber handguns and one rifle and the rifle was actually never used or fired he just had it with him and his motive 
his revenge for being bullied by his mother and brother. And then to add to it, he it was said that he had psychosis and paranoia while all this was happening. And James Urban was born April 12th, 1934, to parents Leonard Rupert and Charity Rupert. Damn. So. Well, that was a good one. <laughs> My wheels are definitely <laughs> Yeah, happy Easter, folks. <laughs> <laughs> give, a, give a little murder story for your Easter. Just uh, a... <laughs> yeah. If you need a moment away from all of the chaos, CBD, pot, <laughs> have a beer, or a mimosa. Just step outside, man. Just sidey. Just go on a little walk. Mm-hmm. By yourself. By yourself. Yep. Don't do anything crazy. Eat an extra piece of bacon or something. Don't do any bullshit like that. Have this. some cake. Yeah. But well, that is episode 27. That was a good one. That was a really good one. (laughs) Well, stay tuned, folks, for more. We will see you in a couple weeks. Happy Easter. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Be sure to look us up on social media. On Facebook, we are Crime2Podcast. And on Instagram, Crime Squared. Also, please subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all of our listeners.